to the feed. Good afternoon and welcome to today's edition of the feed. I'm Devin here with my co-host Reese. Hello. And this edition of the feed is brought to you by Horizon Stage Performing Arts Center. Experience a heartfelt performance by award-winning author and storyteller Ivan Coyote. Catch craft singles for everyone next Wednesday night at 7.30. So, coming up first on the feed, we have... So, this is all about Reading Week, which is next week. And we're talking hidden gems around Edmonton. So, you can see, you know, spend some Reading Week time checking out some of these hidden gems. Exactly. So... A lot of people have heard about what I'm going to tell you guys about right now. But when they are thinking about what to do on a Friday night, they often forget about this one unique experience that is available here in Edmonton. Uh, One of the spots I looked into is a local throwing axe facility, Axehole. I know when you think of the name Axehole, your first impression is that it sounds crass and a place where local biker gangs go to blow off steam. In reality, Axel is a place that welcomes all people to come and have fun and relieve some stress. Axel is Edmonton's first indoor throwing axe facility where you can book events, parties, get-togethers, or if you feel up to it, you can even join one of their leagues. A cool fact about this indoor throwing axe gem is that they are the only facility in Alberta that uses real spruce logs as targets to ensure an authentic experience like you are one of those lumberjacks back in the old days. An added bonus is that it is locally owned and operated, and the owners are real people like you. One fun memory that happened in their building is that a man proposed to his girlfriend in the middle of a throwing sesh, and you know what? She said yes. So that's gotta say something about how much some people care about this place. A typical event they host will start off with a safety lesson and target practice with a professional staff, and then you will be set up with a round-robin style competition to keep the action going. You will then finish off by being taught some cool trick shots and allow your group to practice some cool new throws. There's also pinata-type gifts you can buy that they'll hang from a target, and you can bust them open with your axe in order to reveal your prize. Axel isn't just about throwing axes, however. Not many people know, but they also have throwing knives brought in by popular demand. Knife throwing is a true test of skill, and they have a knife throwing expert who has the ultimate goal of being in the Knife Throwing Hall of Fame. Knife throwing does have an age limit starting at 16, and it's only available a couple nights a week. Axel does offer student discounts and is located just down Kingsway Ave on 104, 116-14, and 119th Street Northwest. There are other throwing axe places here in Edmonton, such as Jack Axe and Bad Axe Throwing, but throwing axes is perfect for relieving stress and training for the zombie apocalypse. I like how they all three of them use axe. As a pun, right? (laughs) Me too. I love it. And I also like the part in your segment where you said they brought in throwing knives by popular demand. So if enough people go down and say, what about spears? Or like, what about a mace? Oh, that'd be so cool. cool. Or catapult. That would be sweet. Now, if uh, maybe you're not that angry, maybe you're not feeling too stressed out, or maybe that's not how you deal with your stress, Sheldon has a way you can more mellow out. Since we're covering unique things to do in our city for reading break, I decided to give you guys an easy, relaxing option where you don't need to do anything. You don't even need to wear clothes. I got to talk to my good friends Matt and JP from Modern Gravity Floats Studio about what they do exactly. 
I'm Matt Modern Gravity. Well, we're, we are as as awesome as we as awesome as we look right now. We're a uh, world class float studio, which essentially means that we have awesome super soundproof rooms with uh, float tanks in them, which essentially are a thousand pounds of salt. So you float on the surface. Metric one, um, four hundred forty-seven kilograms. Either way, it's a lot of salt. You actually, you float on the surface of the water. It's the same temperature as your skin. There's no light or no sound. So you cut out gravity, sense of touch, sight, and sound. And when you cut around, when you cut out that 80, 90% of that stimulus, your body just does some really cool stuff. What are some expectations that a beginner floater should have? You don't want to pretext yourself too much because then you get expectations when you go into the tank. Essentially, you don't want to think that, oh, this is going to see this, I'm going to see that, or this is going to happen. Like every time you go into the tank, it's different. So you should just kind of try and come in, lay down and experience it for what it is each time. It's always a different experience. Yeah, I mean, you can get to the point, like, the way, the way we'll even, because as much as you try to rid expectation, anxieties, it's, it, there's always going to be something left there, right? And, and when you're, a lot of people are attracted to the idea. I don't think it hears about floating. It's like, oh, that's stupid. Don't want to do it. It's mainly people are like, yes, I absolutely want to do it, or I'd love to do it, but, it, you know, it's a little bit like, claustrophobic or is it sanitary is it all these other different things and like am I going to be judged when I go in there are there going to be gongs and you, know, you do have to you don't talk. have to we tell people you don't have to but we generally do to it yeah. at some point but uh, the best the best way that we describe things like JP is saying people are going to have expectations ideally if you can just come in here with none that's why funny enough people who are super anxious are actually some of my favorite clients and members just because you come in and your only expectations is it's going to be scary and uncomfortable and weird. And then when you realize when you're in there for two, three minutes, that just disappears, you're left with no expectation. So you end up just having a really relaxing time. Mm. Um, but anyways, that being said, your first float, we always kind of work in threes. Your first float is all about getting over your fears, anxieties, excitement, all that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't mean you don't have an awesome float. Most people do. But the second time you come in, that's when you kind of learn how to do it. You've done it once, you got all that kind of stuff out of the way, now you can come in just to learn how to do it, how you like it. And then the third time, you can just start to enjoy it. You can start to know, you know, what time you like to go in and all. It's probably a little inappropriate, but I just had to ask, is it tough trying to get people naked for the first time? Crazy, because I'm just like, yo, you want to get naked? Like, back in the house, it's like, yo, you want to get naked in my basement? You know, like, come chill out after for an hour You'll and a half? you feel great, and yeah. you can pay us for this experience. Yeah, right? exactly, like, yeah. have to go in naked, and two reasons for that is, one, it's just sanitary. You'd like to know that everybody's showering beforehand, everybody's not bringing bathing suits, ends up have tons of bacteria. And then uh, the other thing is just for your own experience. When you're laying in the water, it, it the main reason for that 34 degrees is that you uh, no longer have to adjust skin temperature, body temperature, um, and your clothes autonomic systems can just completely shut off. Mm -hmm. But the cool byproduct is that uh, you're, you just lose awareness of your body. You have you lose total kinesthetic awareness of your body. Just like that. You don't know where your arms are. You, you're just kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And if you have a swimsuit, you have a tight ponytail, you have a necklace, it's just a constant reminder that you're in a in, a, in kind of a tank and in a place versus just disappearing for a bit. Now, I frequent Modern Gravity at least once a month, and I highly recommend going and giving yourself an actual break during the reading break. You can visit Matt and JP at their float studio on 120th Street, only about a 10-minute drive from Nate. Thanks, Sheldon. I actually have a float booked uh, next Friday, 1 o'clock. Not my first time, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Now, I love to go out and eat. I just wish I could afford it. It's expensive, but something I love to do. And Rashmi has some unique places to the city to check out. 
Hi everyone, thank you Devin. Coming up with this list of top 5 hidden gem restaurants was really tough for me. Most of these places were so commercialized and already quite popular. So I came up with my list based on food, ambience and overall media coverage. This reading break as I see it will be a great combination of some balmy weather, lots of sleep, catching up on reading and friends, and if you haven't had enough, you could squeeze in some guilt-free food too. I came up with my list of top 5 hidden gem restaurants across the city. Why I call them rare? You will know all about it as we go along. The first one on my list is Panini's Italian Cucina. The food is great and the atmosphere is casual and pleasant. The pizza's crust is unique and softer than any that you would find at most pizza places. The prices are reasonable and the portions are fairly large. If you are looking for some Italian comfort food, then this is the place to go. The second on my list of rare gems would be Julian's Piano Bar. Enjoy the relaxed atmosphere, dark wood, comfortable chairs and a fireplace and there's a wonderful piano bar where a gentleman is playing some great tunes on the piano if you are looking for a very classy weekend out then julian's piano bar is the place for you and the third on my list is loma house a chinese restaurant i asked its owner kevin on why it is a hidden gem and this is what he had to say i think part of it might be in fact due to that it is vegetarian style food not to say that there aren't a lot of vegetarians but at the same time it is sort of a specialized type of cuisine. Not everybody wants to just have vegetarian. Probably another factor, uh we are pretty sort of far on the south side, so you know, if you live closer to downtown or the north side, you're probably not looking to come down to the south side, you know, on a two on a three to four times a week kind of thing. So that does sort of limit uh, I guess logistically how many times people want to come down. At the same time, yeah, the reviews do reflect that when they do come down, they have a good time. In fact, yes, I've got four. So my name is Romero Peruano and I'm the owner manager of Oliveto Clatoria. We don't pre-cook anything really. We like to have everything fresh. Uh we have a very uh typical Italian dishes here and of course, you know, the main dishes are pastas and like I just mentioned we like to do everything from scratch and our number 5 hidden gem is Huang Long it is a vietnamese chinese restaurant and i totally love the food here it is warm comfortable feel good food especially the lemon chicken oh my god the flavors just melt in your mouth it's nice and crunchy at first the exterior of the restaurant is a little bit sketchy but once you go inside the restaurant is it just feels so much like home So I've been invited to um Oliveto Trattoria. <laughs> I got it right really. I I practiced this literally like the entire day. Um okay and I, seriously I can't wait to get there and eat at this beautiful restaurant during my reading break. And um if you're one like me planning to visit any of these places during your reading break, this is where they are located. Loma House is on the 23rd Avenue that is uh, like total far uh, south side. Huang Long is on the 109th Street very close to Nate so and not very far from my house either. Oliveto Trattoria is on 500 Riverbend Square. Julian's Piano Bar is on the Kingsway Avenue and finally Panini's Italian Cucina is on Jasper Avenue. 
Thank you, Rashmi. Now, restaurants are always a great way to spend your evening, especially when you pair dinner with a show. And we have Travis to take us behind the curtains on a certain local theater. Yeah, you know, people love going to catch a flick every now and then. But, you know, it can get pretty generic going to the same Cineplex Audion, seeing the same mainstream movies. But our friends at the theater in Garneau came up with a unique way to go to the movies. I used to love going to the cinema as a kid. It was a total treat. But in 2017, it seems like all the cinemas are terribly bland and awfully expensive. But a few weeks ago, a friend from the U of A introduced me to one of Edmonton's hidden cinematic gems. The Metro Cinema on 109th Street is standing out by keeping it old school. We're an old theater. We've got sort of a mezzanine balcony. Um, and Metro Cinema operates out of the Garneau. So we're an independent um, theater organization. The event I attended was a midnight screening of Tommy Wiseau's cult classic, The Room. <laughs> what a story, man. You think about everything. You're lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! The Garneau features midnight showings of this cult classic monthly, and the spectacle actually has some history with the Metro Cinema organization. Um, we used to have a sort of a regular, um, sort of regular program uh, called Turkey Shoot, um, where we had some local comedians who would sort of, you know, riff on the film all the way through it. And uh, it was uh, back when we were still at our old location in... Um, in the Citadel, in the Ziegler Theater, um, and they were doing it there, and it was just so popular. It was the most popular one they'd ever done, and it's popular enough that we still do it every month. But don't wait till the start of the next month to check out the Metro Cinema. They have cinematic events happening all the time. So we do our cartoon and serial party um, three or four times a year. We do lots of quote-alongs, uh, which is when it's you know, acceptable to yell along with the quotes of the movie. And we do that approximately once a month uh, with all different films. They even have some events happening over Nate's Reading Week. We've got a Tom Waits series coming up, a beach party with some old 60s beach movies this weekend. Also on Sunday in the day, we have our uh, afternoon tea series. So it's the English Patient this month, and there's tea and treats for sale in the lobby surrounding that. It's like a series of uh, costume dramas. They even have a special event for the biggest night in cinema of the year. So we'll have a live broadcast of the uh, Oscars award show on our screen, and we'll have like a silent auction in the lobby, costume contest, probably a bunch of stuff like that, some drink specials, and we'll, we'll broadcast that award show. Drink specials, you say? That's right. The Metro Cinema is licensed to serve you alcohol. So depending on the day... Um, Sometimes it has to be restricted to our lobby, just based on our liquor license. Um, and for certain events, it's permitted into the theater. Yeah, so for the Oscars, it will be permitted in the theater. Do yourself a favor this reading break. Take some time off from Netflix and studying, and go check out the Metro Cinema. If you want deets on everything that they have going on, just hit up their website at metrocinema.org. Thanks, Travis. After the break, we'll be talking about a secret underground bunker in Edmonton, and Stefan will be stopping by with hidden gems around the Nate campus. I'm back. Oh, boys! I'm back! Now back to The Feed on NR92. Welcome back. Today on The Feed, we're talking about Reading Week and unique spots to check out in Edmonton. And I'm pretty sure it's still going to be nice this week. So I'm sure many people will be out in the River Valley and when you're out there, you should keep out for a rel- keep an eye out, excuse me, for a relic from the Cold War. That's right. There is a nuclear fallout shelter in the River Valley. So check that out. Yep. <laughs> 
and cover. Be sure and remember what Bert the Turtle just did, friends, because every one of us must remember to do the same thing. That's what this film is all about. Duck and cover. Paul and Patty know this. No matter where they go or what they do, they always try to remember what to do if the atom bomb explodes right then. It's a bomb, duck and cover. I spoke with Fred Armbruster, executive director of the Canadian Civil Defense Museum Association, about this mysterious and dark part of Edmonton's history. I asked Fred how exactly he came to find the bunker. I actually was hiking through the uh, McKinnon Ravine and uh, seeing the utility bridge above, and I'm like, oh, this seems a little bit interesting. And I went to investigate it further, and when I came up the stairs, I seen this structure, and it was all ingrown at the time, tall grass and trees and with graffiti all over it. And I'm like, well, this, this is interesting. And I went around the corner, and the word civil defense appeared on it. Didn't have a clue what that meant. And uh, so I continued my investigation over the bridge and realized that or there's a doorway coming out of the ground. And I'm like, okay, this is strange. Some kids came along and said, do you know what this is? And I'm like, no. Our dad says that this is a bunker. After discovering the bunker, Fred lobbied the city to allow him to enter. It was very musty, stale air. Uh, it, it was it, the closest thing I could uh, express to it is that it was like going uh, caving. It was completely dark. There was no airflow. So the initial impression was quite scary. We didn't know what to expect when we went in there. With our lights on, we walked around, and our goal was to photo document the entire facility. Since that time, um, we've done measurements, counts of room, uh, rewired it so we can actually light the bunker up via a generator because it has no power supply. It's completely off the grid at this time. Went through, we had to install air ventilation to ensure proper air quality uh so a lot of different levels and things that we had to do to make this possible now was this bunker built out of cold war hysteria or was there really a legitimate threat to the city of edmonton edmonton was deemed to be the most possible to be bombed outside of ottawa along with the uh legislative that we have here we have all the oil and gas offices at the time we're here we also um, our refinery was also a target now this wasn't going to be just an air raid shelter this was going to be a command and control center in the event of a nuclear strike the fallout dissipates in such a rate that it is deemed safe after 14 days if it's still not a you know proper environment that you would then evacuate to a safer area in the country. They they had made provision for it, so they had food and water supply that would have been able to be used uh, for the 14-day period. Uh, so it would have operated under um, all the personnel, so fire, police, uh, medical. Each department had their own phone line. There was 19 phone lines that at the Edmonton bunker. So the design of the bunker is to be a command center that they would be able to direct the people from the bunker in the event of a natural and man-made disaster. So Fred is actually working on turning that bunker into a museum, and he wants it even to be able to a rentable space. You could have your wedding down there or a party. 
I think it's a pretty good idea, but unfortunately no timeline yet for when they'll be open. If you want to know more, you can visit their website at ccdma.com. Thanks, Devin. That's definitely a weird part of Edmonton history that you'd never really expect to be in the River Valley. Yeah, and it's like dark and kind of creepy. It's pretty cool, actually. Now, maybe you're going to be stuck hanging around campus, working on assignments, working on homework. So Stefan has a story on some things you can find right here on the Nate campus. Yeah, thanks, guys. With so many awesome things to do around the city, it's easy to forget what a hidden gem Nate's campus is itself. I spoke with one of Nate's experts at Nate'sa about what makes this campus special. My name is Michelle Goulet. I'm an event coordinator for the Nate Students Association. I was curious what Goulet thought were some of the great things on campus that students were missing out on. Everyone here at Nate'sa loves the meat store um, because you get those nice cuts of meat. Although I'm not a meat eater, I do enjoy their salmon burgers and uh, they're really, really good. Probably the best salmon burgers I've ever had. And uh, a lot of people don't know about it. Every time we bring it up, there's always someone who's like, what? Meat stores? Goulet also had a suggestion for what to do after bulking up on all that retail meat. I think a lot of a lot of students don't know that we have a pool. It's a 50-meter pool with a bulkhead in the middle, so sometimes they take the bulkhead out and make it a 50-meter pool. There's not a lot of 50-meter pools in the city, so if you're a swimmer, the pool here is never really busy. Anytime I go swimming, I always have a lane to myself. And she told me that the pool isn't just for swimming. And there's a climbing wall, which is pretty cool, and they've also invested in some other cool things like the log rolling things and uh, they're gonna do these blow up sort of um, obstacle things in the pool they, they rented them to try them out and people love them so they're they're looking for a budget <laughs> to buy some and I've heard rumors that they're gonna build a hot tub in there too as if the possibility of a hot tub on campus wasn't enough Goulet had one more amazing secret to share so there's this chair, there's one in HP Center, sort of on the way to CAT. So if you go, you take a left in HP Center on the second floor to take the pedway towards CAT, there's this swivelly chair that has high sort of armrests that go above the armrest as like shields. So you turn it towards the window, looking out the window, and you're kind of in your own little space. And uh, you can do your work there, you can have a nap there. I think the intention is that they're kind of like nap chairs. That's the one that I really like because it's right in the, in the window, so you can look out the window. <laughs> I've heard so much about this chair, I just had to see it for myself. I heard that there's a really cool chair here in the HP Center. Have you heard of this really cool chair? <laughs> never. you never heard of it? No. Okay, I'll keep looking. Oh, yeah, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disturb you guys, you look like informed students. Somebody told me that there's a really cool chair here in the HP Center. Have you heard of this really cool chair? Do you know what it is? It's like a pod, kind of? I think I know where that is. I think it's on the third floor by the pedway into the cat building. Have you ever actually seen it? I've seen think them so. around. There's a couple of them around. I, I do know what you're talking about. You'll have to wander around and see if okay, you can find it. Okay, treasure hunt. Thanks. Yeah. Somebody told me that there's a really cool chair here in the HB Center. Have you heard of this really cool chair? It's like a pod, has like sides oh, that close. Um, you know where uh, Cat Building is? It's in a corner. That's why there's a pod. Have you ever tried it? Why not? Somebody's usually there. <laughs> so I think I found the chair. It's got high sides and it's plush. I didn't expect it to be so soft, so I'm sitting in the chair now and putting my feet up on the windowsill, looking out on the Nate campus. 
And it is pretty cool. It's quite a cool chair. Maybe I'll just take a little snooze. Stefan for NR92. While I was out looking for the chair, I actually found another cool sitting spot, a couch with a desk attached to it so you can lounge and work at the same time. So keep your eyes peeled for unique spots to sit around campus. Thanks for the review, Stefan. You know, it's always really cool when you find new things that have been right under your nose, especially here at Nate. So the feed is brought to you by Horizon Stage Performing Arts Center. Experience a heartfelt performance by award-winning author and storyteller Ivan Co- Ivan Coyote. Catch craft singles for everyone next Wednesday night at 7.30. And now our show is all about the Hidden James. And this is a song that I can guarantee you you've never heard before and is 10 out of 10 perfection. Yeah, this is actually a back in the 80s. All these cities across North America were writing theme songs. And I guess they just wrote one song and then just changed the lyrics around. And the Edmonton version was actually sung by a young girl from St. Albert who ended up becoming a massive pop star from the Philippines. So here it is, the Edmonton theme song. Sunday nights at 7 and find it online at nr92.com.